We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert. We're going more back to 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright. Why hello and welcome to issue 640 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Spinarita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everyone? Um, it was going it, fine, but then you started making this weird voice, and I'm a little bit confused now. Oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to... <laughs> now we've got know. sirens going on in the background. I was just trying to make a happy-go-lucky voice. The past few weeks, I've always opened with, hey, how's it going? Yeah, you've been a little stressed lately. Yeah, hi Chris, I'm Nero. <laughs> My favorite line of that. You will never get tired of that joke. I will never get tired of that. It's just the most mono delivery, and I don't know why, but for me it's just so perfect. Hi Chris, I'm Nero. Nero. <laughs> so yeah, how's everybody doing? It's a Tuesday. A little frazzled. Yeah. Why? Uh, Christian's out of town, and so like I'm, I just I'm, I have to be responsible for myself twenty four seven. Oh like, no! There's like no other stimulus in the house to like help make sure that I am awake. Um, uh, like normally, like I hear like other people moving around the house, getting ready. Then makes me more aware of the fact that it is morning and it is the the time where things should be happening. Are you just um, quickly reverting to feral mode? Um, no, no, I mean, it's only Tuesday, so, you know, there hasn't been that much time for me to regress, but it is a struggle. It is still a struggle. Like, I had to make my own coffee, and this morning the coffee maker wouldn't work. Uh, yesterday I had a 9 a.m. appointment, which means I had to, like, I did get up at 7, you guys, 7 o'clock oh. in the morning, um, which is early oh, that's ter- Oh, okay. It is. No, it's, um... It's not ungodly by any means. I used to do it every day for years uh, or earlier, but uh, it's not what I'm used to anymore in my current job. And so it's it's a struggle, um, you know, like get ready, be on time to things. Uh, and then on Tuesdays, unless, unless Christian has rehearsal, you know, in a different part of town, he will pick up dinner for us 
such that he is arriving home right when I'm getting home. And then all of the time between arriving and showtime is when I can eat and sort of like decompress from, you know, driving in traffic across town at 530 in the afternoon. Right. Gotcha. Um, and, and I don't have any of those um, support structures. It's just <laughs> me and I'm not very good at taking care of myself anymore. Well, how much longer are you going to be solo? <laughs> really just like another day or two. It's not. Oh. Yeah, no, it's. it's An eternity, it's... in other words. <laughs> and Tyrion is of no help. Oh, well, no, I I got I told him to take the dog with him. Was I? Oh, shit. That so you are like... you that are really like... solo. Yes, yes. I'm like, I. I do not have the capacity to do everything right for myself if I also have to deal with the dog. Because he's on a particular feeding schedule. He has separation anxiety. And he's also not used to being home alone nine plus hours a day. That's true, yeah. Meanwhile, he's just holed up in a cabin somewhere. So I'm like, take him with you. <laughs> They're Otherwise, just having a grand old time. He's holed up in a cabin? <laughs> yeah, he's on a writer's retreat. So Cabin in the woods. It's actually uh, like, a, a, you know, like an Airbnb on the coast or whatever, but... Yeah, the, the the gist is the same. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can like pee with the door open, which is great. Um, Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Let's let's <laughs> let's unpack that for a minute here. Out of all the things that I know, I get excited about when I have a couple of nights the house to myself completely. Peeing with the door open doesn't even factor in one of my little simple pleasures. I don't know. It's just kind of nice not to have to care. About whether or not someone else is in the house when you have to use the bathroom. What? It, I mean, I look, guess. Look, go check the chat. I bet other people will be like, yep, love using the bathroom with the door open. All right, I'll, I'll I wait. Guarantee but it. I mean, I'm it's not at the top of my list. It was just, just imagining you, like, on the, just imagine you, like, on the toilet and be like, la, la, la. I am pissing on myself in the house. On myself? I said by and myself. Why am I, and why am I singing? It's, it's I don't know. It's still a normal process of using the toilet. I can just do it with the door open. I don't Homicidal think it's that weird. Cow. You're making it weirder than it ever needed to be. La, da, da, da. I also can is... watch whatever I feel like and not now talk that's to anybody cool. if I don't want to and eat whatever I like. I made I made meat yesterday. I made a whole feast of just things I like yesterday. All I had was flesh and pissing with the door open. It's been paradise. Well, you just kind of reminded me of like that Seinfeld episode when when it was the summer of George, and he's like, "I'm gonna eat a wheel of cheese, baby." Like that was his goal. <laughs> I'd like to rewind and unhave this conversation with you, no. and yet you can't. And yet, it's been recorded for posterity. Uh-huh. I know and that's why I want to rewind and unhave it. Things you're that are not I, possible. You're lucky. I already picked a name for this episode. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't do that because I would never hear the end of it. No, you wouldn't. No, that would be unwise. Yes, don't do that. <laughs> he has chosen poorly. 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 <clears throat> Okay. I also, I also know more about Kevin right now than I needed to know. Yeah, we know a lot about Kevin now in the chat. Thanks for that. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. 
<sighs> and it and it is already being speculated that Aaron, you're not going to survive to make it to issue two. Uh, ha! Jokes on you. All it's already been written already. <laughs> don't give away the magic. The, the oh. kids don't know that. Yes, they do. They have yeah, to. They do. Sure, they do. But now it ruins the joke. I'm so like Brad, could... Brad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Aaron ruined your joke like that. Oh my god! It's always going to come back to my fault. She's like, finally, you understand our friendship. It only took you like eight years. Yeah, well, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what takes longer, breaking into comics or becoming friends with Denise? No, no, no. Becoming friends with me uh, historically is quite easy. It's that's staying, true. It's staying that way. That is, um, yeah, is the challenge. I like how that went into a deep thought mode as you did it. You're like, mm. right, right. Well, because I meant it as a joke about like how like once you like once you get on the wrong side of me, like there's no coming back. There's an entrance door, there's an exit door, and once you go out the exit door, like you can't circle back around. You know. Um, right. But then I was just sort of thinking about like how like what a what a fucking feral child I am and like how people like, <laughs> don't want to be my friends. So I like know, being once your they friend. get to know me, they're like, nope, let's let's go, we're out of here. Also, okay. once you read the chat, I will no longer be the person you're one gonna go after. Let's go ahead and oh, are you talking about Pianarita? Yes. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it, Zach. Thanks. Um, I I'm gonna derail this topic altogether. Denise, oh, no. what's going on? behind you oh you think this this like thing that like this mobile all of a sudden yes That's my that is my drying rack where i dry herbs uh and um you know sage bundles that then stay f- up there for a year mm-hmm. uh, I, I followed that why was like it suddenly months? moving because i i oh you gestured that. okay yeah i missed the part where you hit it and it was just m- suddenly moving and i'm like What's be- what's behind you? Go 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 go! <laughs> no, I, I didn't think it. of that. <laughs> I, know. I saw her hit it a little bit, but it was still was like, "Whoa, look at him move!" I was trying to play it off legit and like not acknowledge that that had happened. Mm. So uh, thanks for that. I'm yeah, helping. Should we talk about something else besides what a weirdo I am right now? Uh, sure. Uh, we can talk about what a weirdo Aaron is. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I channel my weirdoness into writing stories. Oh. For the whole world to see. <laughs> um yeah. Uh hey, I got a comic book coming out tomorrow and that's kind of awesome. Woo! That's tomorrow <laughs> if you're listening live. Today if you're, listen- if you're listening to the podcast right now. Or yesterday if you listen to it on Thursday. Yeah. Hey. Ooh. Man, we're getting some Picard season two shit going on here now. <laughs> um, God damn it, Zach. No, Kevin. Sage no. Get out. Kevin, no, Kevin, no. we need a digital spray bottle. Bad Kevin. I know. Like, no, hey, hey. I do that all day at work. Can 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 I not? Uh... Wow. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Now I have questions. But go on, Aaron. <laughs> uh, Please yes. go on. Um, season, yeah, season of Bruja number one drops tomorrow at every comic book shop in the country and like in the world, it is showing up in well, it, yeah, it's already in Spain. I saw a couple of stores in Madrid have it, uh, which is cool. Um, last week, it actually appeared in London, so much so that I kind of freaked out and thought that like it, uh, 
like the date had been moved and, you know, I was the last one to know. <laughs> it's like I texted Shadow Manager and I was like, hey, I- I'm seeing this as like, hey, this is our Wednesday pull for this week. Check out this comic. It's pretty great. I said, did it come out today? This was in last Wednesday. I said, did it come out today? And like, no one told me. She's like, no, no. I said, well, there's a shop in London that already has it. She's like, huh, I don't know. So I wrote a friend who runs a comic book shop uh, that I have a quick access to. Uh, and it wasn't Michael, somebody else. Uh, and he came back to me a couple hours later. He's like, yeah, it's actually not uncommon for the UK to get US books a week before the US does. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. So Thanks, thanks Diamond. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but issue one hits all the stores everywhere tomorrow. <laughs> thanks everybody in the chat saying congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's cool. So yeah, there's <laughs> Norm. <laughs> Norm, you dick. Uh, so yeah, and there's both covers. There's the cover Sarah did, and then there's a variant cover done by Naomi Frank, which is gorgeous. So yeah, I th- hopefully every store got both covers if they chose to buy both because I they're both gorgeous. So um, I have signed some copies for Bridge City Comics. Uh, that's where I spent my morning today was signing a bunch of covers. Uh, most of which are going to his mail order customers, but he's some for the shelf. But 40 of them that I signed went to a certain Nat West of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider mm-hmm. uh, because he just launched the Aaron Duran Cider Pack. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Reverend Nat bought 40 issues from Bridge City Comics. And if you go there now to the Reverend Nat's online shop and you order a four pack of 400 rabbits, you will get, if you were the first 40, you will get a signed copy of Season of the Bruja issue one, which is pretty, that's pretty cool. Well, that's yeah. decidedly yep, I, cool, friend. Yeah, I just saw cool. that in my newsletter from Reverend Nat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Norm's like, what? Yes, that's true, Norm. And I, I don't know if that counts mail orders. I don't know. Maybe, because I know he can ship to Texas now, I believe. I don't know. Uh, there's only one way to find out. That's true. And then uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, from 4 to 6, I will be signing copies at Cosmic Monkey Comics. Uh, it is uh, really happening. This is yeah, I know. It's really happening. You're, you're like doing the whole junket, man. I know. I know Like Ring kind of felt bad that he didn't offer to do with signing, but I get why, and I probably and I do agree with him. Like, Pursuity Comics is not that big. And we're still not super comfortable with being around a bunch of people during a signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've ever been to Cosmic Monkey Comics, they have a lot of airspace. It is a very large building with which you can feel more comfortable if there's a larger gathering of people. So and, 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 and Andy and Adam, are, they're cool and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I like them. They're actually the closest hmm. shop to me. And That's true. It's nice in there. Uh, there is a very good chance I will be having dues before the signing because I haven't had dues grill. In far too long. Ooh, is, man. is Adam back? Oh, I didn't know. Is he gone? Ooh, did I just say something really awkward? Adam to be left fair, the country in 2019. Oh, I had no idea. To be fair, I really only interact with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, last I heard, last I was see, saw anything on, on Facebook, uh, Adam went on, was going on a, a, going hiking across the globe. 
and left the country. Wow. Yeah. Well, how long well, okay. does that take? Walking well, the globe? Between wow. from when he left and now, there's been a global pandemic, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he is. Oh, wow. right. 2019. That's That was that's yeah. before times. Uh-huh. The just before times. Right. Although, no, never mind. I was like, it's probably the best time to go hiking in the world because you'd be away from all the people. Borders. There's still borders you have to deal with. So yeah. I'm just going to stop talking. Now. Many of which closed down. Right. During, during, the, during, the, the, during the COVIDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's what's happening in my world right now. Uh, other than the other things that I can't talk about. Uh, 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 Bean and Cable know, but they are a trusted circle. They live within the cone of silence. Hmm. Largely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And as I can say more, I will definitely say more, but yeah, there's been a, March has been a month, y'all. I looked back and I was like, everything has happened in March. Everything. Is when it rains a... Yeah, is I that, guess. Is, that, uh, is March typically a busy month for you? I mean, no. Okay. Not that I remember. Like, I always have... Uh, I always assume people have a busy month where... Everything that happens to them always happens in that month, and then everything else, the rest of the year is mitigating the fallout of all of that. Mm. <laughs> like, I used uh, to think that March sixteenth was a lucky date for me. Why? What was, why? Just like like dumb thirteen year old girl stuff that we're not going to get into, but just like mm-hmm. at a certain age, I was like, nope, the good things always happen on March sixteenth. Okay, I mean, yeah, that sounds that sounds like a teenage girl. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, I was also really into numerology as a tween. So, mm-hmm. well, once you get into astrology, it's just like a downhill slide from there. Right. <laughs> so, so now that you are the published author of a a comic book from yes. a, uh, a well known um, and well established comic book publishing company, yeah. Um, so this is five issues. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Five and issues then and then a that, trade trade will happen, trade. I believe, sometime in October. Cool. I think. But don't hold me to that. I could be wrong. Uh, I 100% believe that you should live in the moment and enjoy all of this and definitely pat yourself on the back along with <laughs> everyone else who is patting you on the back because – you have worked very hard for this and this is um this is fantastic thank you um, so Anyone? with with that uh, that said it, there is the question of like so now what what do you want to do now um i mean what's i've got <laughs> yeah not of what's next I, it's like what do you want to do it's like you've now achieved a thing keep now doing what do it? you want to do hmm keep doing it mhm uh, which is why I really need people to reserve issues two through five also. Um, just the annoying thing of comics is like, yeah, there's the comics definitely has the sophomore slump of the issue two also, which is just an issue with comics. It, uh, it is why issue twos are, are 
more valuable for collectors than issue ones because there's always fewer of them. Almost, yeah, yeah. Because they base issue two on... Because they run their own numbers. So in a weird way, comics is a self-fulfilling prophecy when it comes to that also. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, when you pick up issue one, make sure you make sure they order. In fact, tell them just through two through five. Um, it's just easier. Uh, yes. <laughs> Fucking Kevin. Uh, apart from Scarlet, when the movie comes out, after Scarlett Johansson, who would you like to see in it? Point of order. Scarlett Johansson only plays Asians. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. No, like you're going to have to get like a... Um, I, I do feel uh, like there's a white woman out there that has been playing a lot of Latinas. Uh, I don't know who yeah. that is, but I'm sure uh, there is one. Je- yeah, that would be Jeanette Goldstein. Who I love. It's so weird, especially when you're like a Mexican-American person and you grow up absolutely idolizing Vasquez. And every brown person has that moment when they find out, wait, Vasquez is white Jewish person from Brooklyn? Which, nothing wrong with any of that, but like, I know for a fact, like, Vasquez is looked upon as like, especially for a lot of Latinas, they're like, her. That's mm-hmm. who. That's she. That that her for a long for a long time. Yeah, and then there, you find there weren't out, really any other examples like her. But yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh man. Um. So yeah, she. Uh, oh my god, I forgot. It's she, like Natalie Wood playing a uh, Maria. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No, but it turns out Natalie Wood was actually part Hispanic. Was she? I I had a whole conversation about it when we watched the new one, uh, because oh, okay. the woman who the woman who played uh, and now I'm not going to remember any of the names like the the aunt the 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 girlfriend you know caretaker, uh, she won an award uh, and she was like the first like out Latina American. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one who just won, you mean? Yeah, for the oh, new, right. new, okay. uh, new version. Yeah, and Norm is right right now. And also, Jeanette Goldstein now makes, uh, yeah, handmade lingerie as one of her main jobs. Cool. Um, it's funny, Norm. Uh, Mark Bernardin is totally somebody I would love to talk to if a show were to ever get put together. Um, but I definitely would want a very heavy, um, Latin uh, writer's room. Not completely, because I don't, I don't know, I don't think I need to be completely that, but at least half. How's that? Lol lies. Natalie Wood was of Russian descent. Yeah, I was, mm. I didn't want to say I, I just, anything. I was, but... I, no, I, I had to remember the conversation and just, just look it up, but like, I, I, Natalie Wood is not her real name, so. Right. Duh. Um, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. The, wait, what were we saying? We were oh. talking about uh, what would you like to do now? Um, Be- well, again, because comics like, is an industry of it's it's always it's not what you've done. It's what are you doing now? Right. Yeah. I mean, I've got tons of stories I want to do both with these characters and, you know, brand new stuff. Um, Dial Up for Foodie is still happening. 
Um, just got to work out some 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 crunchy details on that. Um, I don't know. Like, I still really want to do a Western. That'd be and fun. yeah, I don't know what, but I want to do a Western and it'd probably be a weird Western. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be based on, but it would be heavily influenced by your playthrough of a certain well-known <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, she might show up in that. Yeah. Um, Although that yeah, one's that, not, those stories aren't weird per se. They're very like to the genre, I guess. Yeah, it was meant to be very pulpy. As as like written in a in like in a dime novel, sure type thing, and that was also me working out a lot of feelings about our society during that time period. It was either that or just screaming on Twitter, and I was like, "That's not healthy." Mm. I'll just write about her. I'll just create this character. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I, yeah, it'd be fun to do like a weird western of a certain time period. Like, I love the fact that, like, what was it? We always think about, like, samurai being centuries and centuries ago. But, like, during the Mexican Revolution, like, there were still samurais. Mm -hmm. And, like, weird, like, Edwardian, like, there were just these things that you think are all different time periods, and, like, they weren't. So the idea of doing like a Magnificent Seven type comic, but it's taking all these different elements, you know, and, and putting them into one thing, that'd be fun. Hell, there's a Western that has a samurai in it. Which one's that? Uh, It's called Red Sun or Rising oh, Sun. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I with Charles that. Bronson and Toshiro Mofune. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that. Um, I randomly came across it one day, like on TNT when I was a kid going, the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that now. I haven't seen it, but I remember reading about it and seeing like a trailer of it. I think I've only seen like the last half hour of it. Right. And and again, it was the, the fuck is this? Yeah. But that's the, it's like, it's still the same time period. Right. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind doing another pirate book. I like writing pirates is fun. Sure. Like you get to kind of cut loose a little bit. And after watching Our Flag Means Death, I am definitely in a pirate mode right now. <laughs> oh, man, I still oh my God, that show. Did you watch it, Cable? I haven't watched it yet. Any yeah. of it? I won't pump it up too much because I know how you feel how you feel about that. But <laughs> it, it was an it is an instant favorite to me. To me. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that idea, Aaron. Um so I was watching the the most recent season of uh, Miracle Workers, which is the Oregon Trail season. Right. Yeah. And I don't remember what it was, but it, it, got, it got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? The, the westerns are, or like, are frontier, you know, because that is more frontier specific. It, it, it's they're always very um, insular. It, it it seems like a completely uh, all encompassing time in history like well this is just the way things were like no no if you just go back east there are entire cities like massive buildings and streets and like you know electricity is right around the corner Mm -hmm. um but you know the the old west and the frontier stuff is so um 
like rugged and like almost archaic by comparison. And you're like, people chose that. Like people are, people left established societies and like civilization with in, in air quotes to go, go do these other things and then live a harder life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, and because when you, those things are portrayed in media as just this one part of it and not what's going on in the other parts of the world, you forget that the way those things overlap. And I think that more, I think I would enjoy seeing more stories that Mm -hmm. acknowledge like, okay, yeah, everyone's living out in the dirt over here and cooking over a campfire. uh, But there's all this other shit going on at the same time over here. Right. Yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, that, that would be fun to play with. And there's a lot of, trying to think there's like a lot of i don't want to maybe maybe icons the word there's a lot of like iconic elements of history boy i'm just murdering this thought process like when you say cowboy the genre pops in your head immediately you think westerns um you say samurai and it create it evokes a time period in your head um, or you know, or like if you th- bring up like like Arab Bedouins, that puts a time period in your head. But there was literally a time, like a twenty year span, where they all overlapped in history. I'm not yep. saying ge- geog- geographically, but like historically, they could all actually be on some weird ass team. Right. What's that? Um, what's that meme about how uh, George uh, Abraham Lincoln is closer to the advent of the uh, the fax machine than he was to? Now I'm not going to remember what it was, but I, I know what you're saying though. Yeah, um, yeah. My example of that is that um, the early cowboy movies the early Westerns, um, Mm -hmm. the people that consulted on it are named historical figures from the wild West. Yeah. Like Wyatt Earp consulted on movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that like, that's that time period. It's like, well, I don't mean if you remember this, like when the movie tombstone ends, like the, the narrator comes back. And he talks about how Wyatt Earp and Josephine had many adventures together. Like Wyatt Earp died in like, was it like 1930 something or something? Yeah. Uh, and he talks about like some of the, some of the attendees at his funeral were some of the pine, the earliest performers in Westerns. Tom and Hicks. it end and it ends with, and Tom Hicks wept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a movie with uh, Bruce Willis and Robert Gardner. Um, called sunset that is uh bruce willis plays tom nix who was one of the earliest movie cowboys and garner plays wyatt earp and the kind their friendship and uh, how he was a consultant to to movies early on right so yeah like like you're talking about how the east coast was very advanced and it was the west coast that was all literally the wild west but yeah, that it, it caught up to them very quickly. <laughs> right. 
Hi. And this whole oh, that's... kind of thought can like lead us could potentially lead us into like a much bigger conversation about like the speed at which which at which with we learn new things and word hard. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't want to like, I don't necessarily want to derail us uh, that, that far. Um, all this just to say, I think that's a really good idea, Aaron. And I would be very interested to see that. Okay, great. Exactly. I'll work on it. <laughs> you know, and then I have like some historical fictions that I always want to play around with, you know, um, not to take away from anything from like Coyote and Crow, what they're doing in a role playing game, but like I've often thought about, you know, a story of how would the world unfolded, and how much fun could you have as a creator if the Spanish had failed? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying the I'm not saying the Aztec Emperor would still be around because they were not helping they weren't doing themselves any favors either by the time cortez arrived um because like all empires there was a quickly building uh quickly growing gap between the very rich and the very poor and money was being wasted on frivolous things by the the ruling class it's almost as if the same thing happened in rome and in every major empire in human history um what it's as if we never learned but like in my head, I begin to extrapolate that. Like, okay, they they push back the Spanish. So what happens? A, they get a huge jump in Stop. in technology, you know, because like guns are going to get left behind. And you know, the the Aztecs, the, the people of that era and that time were like not dumb. You just, as a rule, humans don't create something if they don't need it. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have a need. Well, I mean, like, it's that cliche. Yeah, historically. It's the whole cliche of, you know, necessity is the mother of invention or whatever. Yeah. You know, why try to develop certain metal alloys if what you have works? Like, what's the, like, there's nothing to push you along for that. I, I feel like a lot of what really pushed a lot of the technological advancements in Europe is that that's a content for like almost a millennia lived in some form of warfare and anarchy with each other mm-hmm. and not the people, the rulers. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly at war for centuries, you keep developing things to make war better for you. Yes. Um, but in my head, I'm like, okay, some certain technology gets left behind. You know, they weren't, they weren't shocked by boats and ships. They knew what those were because remember their main capital was built in a lake. So they clearly knew, you know, how, how, to, how, to, how to traverse water. Yeah. And, and how to build an empire literally on top of it. Um, so in my head, this comes with my combination of me wanting to do a pirate story again. I was like, what would the golden age of piracy been like if all of a sudden you know, Tenochtitlan is also a seagoing empire. Like, what happens when, during the golden age of piracy, so, let's see, 200 years later, after Cortez tried to take the Aztec Empire, the Spanish and the French and the English and the Dutch all show up again, but 
oh shit, those islands they would have taken the Caribbean, those are now run by whatever the Aztec Empire evolved into. And they have boats now. They have ships now too. Mm. They figured out gunpowder and cannons too. And like, hey, oh crap, instead of them firing steel balls, they created the first flechette round. And they're firing massive shards of obsidian. I mean, they have like, yeah, see? And like, yeah, and then like, you know, with their own religious things, instead of like white sails, what if their sails are like these overlapping fabrics and they fucking look like the winged serpent? And like, that's what they, like, like, that's what the European powers show up. And like, fuck, now what? So, hmm. actually, that's a really cool idea. I should quit talking. Yep. <laughs> Everyone ignore what I just said. <laughs> There's suddenly a huge chunk of the podcast that's missing. <laughs> Insert file here. Just a long beep over this whole section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for, no, no. It's more funny if it's you leaving all the ands and the thes. Right. But on any any key words, just bleep those out. Yeah. Sorry. I so yeah, that was a long way to say I want to a different podcast. <laughs> Which one? Oh, it's a private thing later. No, it's oh. I don't. I don't always need to advertise other podcasts on this show. I recently started listening to the Adventure Zone. Oh mm. yeah, that's got a lot of yeah. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, that that first story is a lot of redacted information. Yeah. And, and, like the it's... first tombstone commentary. Right. Right. We don't talk about it. It's our <laughs> it's our Bruno. Um I still haven't watched that. I did watch Turning Red though. Oh, uh, it's so good. So it yeah, really I wanna is. I wanna keep writing. I mean I know it sounds like a cliche answer, but I wanna keep doing stuff. That's fantastic. Um, I'd love to parlay some of this into like there was a time where all I wanted to do was write for like DC. Mm-hmm. That has stopped being a goal of mine. I'm not saying I would turn it down, but it's not the end all be all. No. That being said, like I have an idea with a couple characters that would be fun to play with. And if mm-hmm. I got the chance even to do like a story in an annual or an 80 page giant, something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I actually have a really big story that involves penguin. Because I still don't feel like DC has ever properly done a Penguin story yet. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, and there's characters in Marvel that I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. I, You know, I would jump at it, but it's not a, oh my god, my dream forever has been to write Batman or the Amazing Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a Batman story that I want to tell. Or an Amazing Spider-Man story. I feel like you did when you were younger. Oh yeah, I totally did. Um, but I, I think that I think that changes as we get older. We have there are different characters that we identify with. Yeah, um, I would still fucking love, and I don't even know if this would be marketable. Maybe there's a reason no one can get the rights to it or whatever. I would love to do a friggin' comic book sequel with Monster Squad. Shocker! Yeah, it, face. shocking, right? Um, yeah, and it'd be fun. Um, and then, you know, the, the one, and this is no surprise to anyone, but like 
the one sandbox I really will do anything to play in is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like in any capacity, I would love to just have my name in Star Trek someday. Like that is the dream, you know? So yeah, that, there you go. That's it. That's what, that's what I want to do next. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. Yay. Uh, yeah. What, what do you guys want to do? Right I'm now? so burned out right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, right I, now or like in life? Right now, <laughs> I think this is a perfect time for a break. Like Cable said, this is the perfect place to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, of course, we have got Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so I popped in there just a couple days ago to check some stuff out, and I have noticed their new like layout remodel, and it is fantastic. Um, you know, all the, it used to be that like the in-store gaming was kind of mashed up right up against the more, you know, retail and perusing side. They're now completely separated, um, by really nice walls, but you can still see through them. It's not like you're like encased in darkness, um, like you were, I, I don't know what I'm going to do there. Um, and it's really cool though. So like all the in-store gaming, um, is contained and you know, if you're shopping and you're worried, like you're disturbing the gamers, like none of that's going to happen now. Uh, it's really cool in there. I definitely suggest you check it out and see everything they've done at Guardian Games. It is fantastic. Uh, as always, it is still one of the country's greatest gaming stores. Check it out for yourself. They're always getting in new content, new product, uh, small local creators. It's just a fantastic store. And also, I uh, found out that the, uh, the, the pub is open and has been for a while. So for those who are 21 and over, you can uh, enjoy a tasty cider or beer or wine while playing your board games or card games or getting your group together for uh, some, some RPG stuff. So yeah. Check them out. Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Like our next sponsor, Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. Bridge City Comics is quite simply one of the city's greatest comic book stores. And since we're basically Comic Book USA, that's a bold statement. So go down there, check them out. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. Um, doesn't matter what you're into, superheroes, crime, any kind of genre, comics will have it. And that means Bridge City Comics will have it. Um, they happen to have a certain Mexican-American title called Season the Bruja. Uh, and I think all of them are signed copies, if you would like. So check them out. Bridge City Comics. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. And when you're in there, thank them for being such a supporter of local creators like this podcast, Geek in the City Radio, which we are getting back to right now. And we're back. Yeah. So what else is going on? uh, Well, (laughs) I I know that I I watched um, the last two episodes of Avatar. I think it comes down to whether or not Denise did. I did. Oh, okay. I know my teeth, but I did it. Like I remembered last night. I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. I need to watch this. This is like 11 o'clock at night. I need a better way to set the reminders. Cause right now I have, so I started using Asana to like keep track of all my shit. And so I have a task that repeats weekly around and over the weekend to be like, don't forget to watch your avatar episodes. And I don't get 
notified of it in an effective way. Mm-hmm. And so there I am. I, I, I forgot on Sunday. I forgot on Monday. Uh, so I, I had a very uh, busy lunch of like trying to shovel food in my face while also typing out notes. We, we also did establish early in this uh, episode that you're, you're not, you're not responsible for yourself. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, yes, we absolutely established that. And I, I really appreciate that we're all on board for this. Yes, 100%. I'm baby. Uh, um, well, I know Aaron, Aaron has been busy, so we can definitely take the football and run with it. Um, these were the last two episodes <laughs> of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender for season one. Yeah. And it, and it was a two-parter Ooh, called is. The Siege of the North. We had already, we got to the um, Northern Water Kingdom in the last episode. And this is now the arrival of the Fire Nation uh, to attack. So part one uh, summary on IMDb is, while Katara herself becomes a great waterbending master, Commander Zhao plans a siege on the Northern Water Tribe. Meanwhile, Sokka is on a mission to stop this siege while Aang tries to buy them some time. Um, a lot, lot going on here. Everyone has a separate goal slash mission. Um, and it is a, it's, it's basically a war episode. Yep. And I, I think it, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of things that happen in both this episode and the in part two that kind of solidify comments that I've made about uh, Admiral Zhao, this entire thing where he's like, oh, he's your actual villain for this. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, they definitely start out implying that Zuko is the, the, the enemy here. But as as you get to know the character more. And like I said, you've not you haven't spoiled on it, but you you were it was hinted to you that like this is a character who is here for the sake of development and learning and, and just evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh and is is well, I actually expected uh, that he was just gonna be one of those like sympathetic villains. It, it's, right. you know, which is now so common, but I don't I couldn't really speak to what the what the villain archetype was in in these years, exactly. Um, but no, then they roll out Admiral Zhao, and and you're, then you, you you get to realize, oh no, he's he's the real bad dude here because uh, mm-hmm. there's no there's no history or potential of goodness in him that we've seen. No, the the history, the backstory that we get to him is that he is all he's he's a jerk. Absolutely. He is a short-sighted jerk. Um, his ambition, powers, or his ambition for power and glory outweigh any ounce of common sense. Um, and when we meet his former master, who taught him fire bending, they got the. They went, oh no, he's always been this way. Mm-hmm. He was like this when he was a kid. Fuck that dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, we also get to spend a lot more time with the Northern Water Tribe, who mm-hmm. are the only other 
water bending people, I believe, besides yeah. the, the southern tribes that uh, Katara and Sokka come from. Is that correct? Yeah, because the the air tribes are nomadic. The earth and fire tr- tribes both have tracks of land that they run, but the um, both the the water tribe both water tribes are relegated to the north and south poles of this world. And are seafaring. Mm-hmm. I had not actually noticed that they are divvied up in that way. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. But uh, I had not actively noticed that they, they're, they've correlated them in that very clear and obvious way. We They've got the map that's there at the opening and closing of like it's underneath the credits mm. often. So like when they first open and close the show, I just don't like the fact that it's always a map and we don't have a globe that shows us what this world looks like. Mm. Um, I think like, but you're right. We, we meet a lot of people. There's the leader of the water tribe, his daughter, who's the princess she's betrothed to someone else, but becomes a love interest for Soka. Mm-hmm. Um, Han, met- that guy's name is. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, he was a little bit of a shithead. Yeah. Was, I think. <laughs> yeah. It seems like past tense there. Cause yeah, he there- also was not that great of a soldier. turns out. <laughs> that, uh, that wasn't surprising at all. Um, It, it. I feel like they, they definitely didn't show the carnage, but a lot of people died this episode, <laughs> over these two episodes. Like, there's a lot of death. They don't show it. It's not on screen, but there's some dead people. And they can tell you that that's going to happen. They have that almost mm-hmm. like a, almost like a religious ceremony before the Fire mm-hmm. Nation arrives where the water tribe elder, they like show all of the water tribe elders. And mm-hmm. I think he I think flat out says like, a lot of us are not going to come back from this, but we got to do it. Mm-hmm. Very like bardic inspiration moment. I do appreciate that. Um, the, the whole, uh, um, misogyny, uh, protected by tradition that we got uh, from meeting the waterbending master the last episode who refused to teach Katara is now her greatest champion. Yes. She's like, was... where he's like looking, he's like, that's all, all of you have. Katara has <laughs> been here for a week and a half and right. she can beat all of you. <laughs> yeah. He, he, that guy did a full 180. Yep. Um, wouldn't it be nice if every time a guy was presented with, um, like, look, you fucked up over here with this gal, and like, this is the end result of that. So maybe, maybe change your worldview a little bit. Uh, worked as effectively as it did in this example. Like, what a fucking different world this would be. I, I think that was the goal <laughs> was to teach an entire generation of children that. Well, it's so been that like they would become years. adults. So hmm? it's been like fifteen years. So uh, yeah, I know. Sure well, it's been. humans learn slowly, yeah. if at all. If at all. Yes. I think think maybe the takeaway might be that, like, way more people needed to have watched the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Like, but like her skills have proceeded to a degree that, um, like I appreciate that he's like, it's like, I don't have much more to teach you. You have plenty of that you're going to have to teach Aang. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, I think to date, Aang still struggles with reconciling his youth and his responsibility. Largely. Um, he does. Yeah, there's, I think he expects a lot of things to come easy for him. And and often that is true, which, Mm -hmm. you know, sets, sets a lad up for some unrealistic expectations. Especially since he's being told, well, you're the chosen one. So, so he's Mm -hmm. like, well, then I should be able to do all of this already. So why can't I? And then he has moments like he did in part two of this where fucking wipes out the Fire Nation's Navy. Yes. He <laughs> like, and, oh, and that's okay. That's definitely like the you know, where like the like kids story comes into play is that like he always comes through, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he's dicking around too much in one episode, by the end he you know he's he's still super fucking powerful and and really truly when like when shit hits the fan he he does take things his responsibility seriously mm-hmm. uh and he's also really smart uh i don't think that we spend a lot of time noticing that or giving him credit for it necessarily but um because although, he presents himself as the fool yes mm. yes he does um although i will say you know, so there's a moment in episode in the in part one where he's like, "I can't do this. I've taken out like a dozen ships, but it's not enough." Right. Um, and so that, and then he he because there's like two hundred ships coming. Yeah, in. it's a whole fucking fleet. Um, but he, you know, he's he's feeling pressure to to be successful in this, and I mean, obviously, uh, and then he gets this idea that almost seems like a um like a way to get him out of the responsibility. If I find the, the moon and the ocean spirits, they can deal with this. And Mm -hmm. then it's not all on me. So there is a little bit of like, Oh, I'm going to try to get out of this, but it does end up resulting in like the right thing to have done to help the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, so like, there's a there's a there's like a there's a term for that like it's not like malingering, but um, lucky for sure. You know? <laughs> like like oh how can I get out of this? And Fang then he does like, almost stumbles into the <laughs> answer. <laughs> he does survive a lot on luck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the where he where he communes with the spirit world and, and he, they bring in the, the, the spirits of both the moon and the, the sea and bring up the fact that they left the spirit world willingly and have manifested in um, the physical world where it's these two coy. Um, and he takes on the um, the aspect of one of the spirits when the first spirit is is uh, wounded. I forgot where the fuck I was going with this. 
Um, it's fine. It's fine. It'll come back. It won't. It won't come back. I won't. It's I, gone. I don't. Yeah. It's it's completely gone. <laughs> um, but I I do appreciate that uh, all of the other elements that went into the this two part <clears throat> episode, like the the reveal that uh, UA the um, the princess um, had been saved at birth by by one of the spirits and duty to her people had been drilled into her since since that day that when it came time that a decision had to be made and she's like oh wait i can actually fix this and i'm the only one that can um although she also had a moment of like wanting to pass the buck she did but but she also knew and went nope i have to do this and and did um the you know that that also means um like that's hard on Sokka. <laughs> um because he had also gone it's like I know that I can't be with you. I know that you're betrothed to someone else. I don't know who this person is. And then he finds out and goes, Oh, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> rightly so, because it's like, nope, you're no, you're 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 not you're not even remotely worthy. That's true. We we learned that that guy is like really mostly interested in her for the status that it brings him um, and not much to do with her as a person. Which again is commentary on this is why this practice practice is shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, so we see that evolution. We also see Soka just as soon as he's presented the opportunity, he's not part of this tribe and he's still the first person that volunteers for everything it's like we we have a dangerous i mean <laughs> I, I i hadn't finished saying what the dangerous mission was don't care i mean <laughs> and like he's gone from this clumsy kid from the first episode to he knows what a fucking doing. military advisor yes is what he was in that yeah. moment um i there aren't really any armies per se outside of the fire nation, but I mm-hmm. would, I, I can really see Sokka's character, like pursuing that path of like, look, I've been through some shit and I'm, I'm pretty astute turns out. And I can be here to tell you the ins and outs, the the smart things to do and the things that are going to get your men killed. So don't. He assisted in a prison break for, the earth nation from a fire nation prison. He has eluded uh, fire nation armies and navies for months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he, and he understands things about that army's leader uh-huh. or, or that Navy's leader that like is, is invaluable information. Yep. He's, he's still technically just a kid. He's, he hasn't really had a lot of responsibility in his in his life outside of like trying to take care of his sister and his friend on this journey that they've been on and he was reluctant to be a part of that. I I don't know that I agree with that statement. He has had responsibility for a long time. Um but it's but like been... at home that's very different. Exactly because when he was at home his responsibility was he was the eldest male in his entire village. 
I know you mentioned that, but is that do we know that for sure? Yes. Because it, he was the eldest male in the village because he was still older than all of the younger boys. Right. But he was still too young to go with the rest of the men when they went off to war. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was in that sweet spot where he's like, I, I can't not do Not quite anything. a man and not no longer a boy. Right. So, <laughs> so all of his responsibility has been mostly academic because no, the Fire Nation wasn't coming down there. Like, right. we learned that the Fire Nation was actively avoiding going to either one of the Water Nations. So, <laughs> like... This is going to be costly because, yeah, we can go ahead and go in there and we've got a superior army, but it's in the ice and water and, and that's we don't do well in either <laughs> one of those things. Also, no. oh my God, can we talk about <laughs> how much shit about the water bending uh, uh, concept they just rolled out for us in the last... <laughs> Three, four episodes. Where water bending also refers to ice and snow. Yeah. First there's there's healing, water healing. Oh yeah, fuck that. And then there's the fact that like literally any any format of of water, uh, like solid, liquid, gas, Mm -hmm. you can can manipulate that. And then that they derive their power from the moon? Mm -hmm. Like well, I mean, moon impacts tides. Mm-hmm. No, no, I get it. I, I no, it makes sense on a, like on a on an astral bodies sense. But I'm like, did they did they plan that or did they like just drop it in there and they were like, this is a great idea? Uh, it just like I, felt so yeah. out of left field. No, knowing <laughs> animation, this was planned. <laughs> it it felt like such a. Um, what is the name of the device? Is it Deus Ex Machina? Uh, no, that wraps everything up neatly at the end. Is that what that means? And, yeah. and it, not the not the point. Like, I don't want to like yeah. get into that. Um, it it felt like this this just like uh oh my god words um. <laughs> we we need a way for them to win. There, there's like there's no logical way for them to win. So we just need to like shoehorn in this new level of ability of of magic uh, that like has never before been mentioned in any of the water bending uh, lore, uh, and it's what saves the day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they did a lot of that uh, world building. In advance, like like Aaron yeah. is saying, it, like with animation, they kind of have to. It's not like um, live action where you can fudge things and, and go, oh, this has become a fan favorite. Let's change the script for the back half of the series. Looking at you, Star Wars. <laughs> I'll never get over that. I will never not be. Anyway, not the point. Um no, that's fair. That's that it, it, they they I'm sure they did actually map all of this shit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what I'm really saying is that I like they did a good job to me of like not like showing too much of their hand and like mm-hmm. swooping in for the good story kill. Yep. Uh I think the the other element in these two episodes that I really enjoyed was the rematch between uh, Katara and Zuko. 
Oh, yeah. Where he's like, oh, shit. You found a waterbending master. Because <laughs> you didn't fight like this before. <laughs> and now I'm having trouble. It's like, this is actually a fight. Like bef- right. Before when he's fought her, it's like, this is ridiculous. You know, like three things. And I know how to counter most of it without actually resorting to firebending. <laughs> but th- this time around, uh, she fucked him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, um, we get to learn even more about Zuko's backstory. Did we? What did we learn? The sister stuff. Oh, right. Right? That was the first time that that was introduced. Because the sisters brought up, yep. Uh, and just in time. Uh, so we're, uh, we're, so he brings it up when he's talking to an unconscious uh, Aang. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, I don't know why I have to remember. An astral projecting Aang. Yes. Well, no, no. He's not. I wouldn't call that astral projecting. His Never soul mind. has left his body. And right, is to, go to, the, to go to the spirit world, not to, like, be somewhere else in the existing world or in, in this world. Never mind. I'm, I'm not going to, like, get semantic <laughs> with you about, about what astral projecting is. Ignore me. Okay. Tell <laughs> um, But, yes, that, that is when Zuko reveals that uh, his sister is the uh, favored child of the, the, the two children of uh, the... Fire Lord Ozai. Is that his name? I think. AKA Mark Hamill. And he talks about how like she was born lucky, a like fucking prodigy firebender. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zuko was lucky to even have been born. Yeah. That's what he said. His father said about both of them is that, uh, she was born lucky and he was lucky to have been born. Which is, uh, I don't know that you should say that to your kid, but if anyone's going to do it, it's the emperor of the fire nation. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh, trust me. It happens. <laughs> yep. No, I don't know that we need to unpack that right now. Nope. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Fucking comment. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, that no, funny. no, no. Okay, well, we got to share this. It's only astral projecting if it comes from the astral region of France. Otherwise, it's just sparkling spooky. Uh, I kind of like sparkling I, spooky. I actually really enjoy that. Uh, I feel like that's a good descriptor for some of the uh, the people that I know. Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to go change my Twitter handle right now. To be sparkling spooky. Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Um. Right, right. So and it's it, like so, when you're goth, but with glitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, good job, Scott. That's a good one. Um, um, all this to say, like, like yet another sort of element to who Zuko is. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's. I don't know who's older, him or his sister, but... His sister's older. Okay. Um, um, 
I like I there's some things that I already know about the the show and the sister's a piece of work. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can definitely see her coming in as like yet another adversarial character. Um may or may not be replacing Admiral Zhao it or uh, I doubt they'll work together. I don't see that happening. Zhao's dead. Is he dead dead? I mean, like the water spirit like nabbed him. Pulled and- him underwater and drowned him. But do like we- I said, I'm like I'm this episode these two episodes had a body count. <laughs> yeah. Like they killed people in the Northern Water Nation. They killed like Aang destroyed vessels. He sank them. There were people on them. Those people are dead. <laughs> there there right. are dead people in these two episodes. Um like UA was the only one that ended up getting a um uh, like foreshadowing Filoni's wanting to work on Star Wars, she <laughs> faded away like a fucking force ghost. <laughs> um, yeah, that was very, that was very like, you know, land of, land of mystical Asians, but uh, a little bit. <laughs> it didn't bother me as much, I think this time. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. So if Admiral Zhao is dead, for sure, then that obviously opens the door. We need another bad guy character. So it's only obvious that they're introducing this sister as as the new real bad guy because we know that we've already established like 20 minutes earlier that they do not have a good relationship. No. Um, I, I think it's safe to assume that they have always been in competition for... Uh, you know, like the the most love and or respect from their father, and we already know that Zuko does not have it. I believe that the sister's name is Azula. Okay, good. I didn't catch it uh, at any point. They didn't. They didn't give it. Okay. Um, but there's there's still a couple main characters that we haven't met yet. Uh, Azula is one of them. Um, Toph is another. They come, both of them come in in uh, season two. Okay. Uh, and then the only other thing that like I really thought was noteworthy, maybe not noteworthy, but uh, worth mentioning, I guess, in the in this episode. Or it's the same thing. Two part, I know, I know. I was just going to try to like move past <laughs> it, but you call me out. Is this what it's like, Aaron? Yep. You get used to it. <laughs> you just have to fucking roll with it. <laughs> Just kind of uh, smile and be like, huh, okay, and then you just keep pushing ahead. Anyway, um, pushing ahead. Um, I really enjoyed that <laughs> that uh, Uncle Iroh and Zuko had had a moment uh, in this arc. Um, I think I don't think anyone who's watched the show up until this point would have doubted the fact that obviously Uncle Iroh like really cares about Zuko. He's been looking after him and and supporting him. Even when he's technically going against the Fire Nation and his father. Uh but to see them have this moment of like I look at you like as as if you were my own son. Mm-hmm. That's um 
that's that's a just just generally speaking nice to see but also i think something that again like zuko didn't need to be told to know it but i think it was important for him to hear it Mm -hmm. i do agree with that um i'm starting to think that uh iroh like iroh is in the position that he in because he fell out of favor because of a loss a major loss to the fire nation Mm-hmm. the more we learn about Iroh and the more that we learn about Zuko and uh, uh, the Fire Lord I, forget, I really don't remember the Fire Lord's name <laughs> Ozai I think I think I don't know someone can correct me it's fine um, but the more we learn about them the more that I think that Iroh is keeping up appearances so that he doesn't end up in a prison and or dead. Um, oh, spoilers! And and to pro- what? And to protect um, Zuko. Um, but I I think what he's doing ultimately is that I I think he's deliberately trying like he deliberately lost whatever battle it was so that got him demoted. Because I don't think he agrees with what his brother is doing at all. Uh, okay, yes, it is. Fire Lord Ozai is his name. O-Z-A-I. So you okay. have that correct. Um, I can definitely see that. I have yet to see any real malice or even like disregard for the lives of others coming from Iroh. Uh, I, I would go so far as to say he's he's just like really a good guy in wolf's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, con- and considering he tried to stop uh, Zhao from doing what Zhao did. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and he's always trying to like give you know like legitimately good counsel to Zuko and not just like what's best for the fire nation mm-hmm. what it, what this isn't what your father would want no it's, it's like really not a, a an argument that he gives usually so. his argument is like you should sit down and play this game with me and drink more tea yeah yeah like trying to make zuko less of a shitty kid yep hmm. trying to undo the like the, the the hard mean person that Zuko is trying to be or has been like play acting at uh, mm-hmm. for for many years now because of his father. Um. So yeah, I think I think it'll be really interesting to see how that dynamic continues to play out, especially as like we can all assume Zuko is going to change. Yeah, that's a safe assumption. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts about the end of the season? Um, other than I need to catch up. Yeah, you've only got a couple episodes. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I've got any other recap ones that I haven't already covered in the weeks that we've been talking about this. Um like my, I don't think my issues with the show have gone away. They're just, I'm like, okay, I've stated them. I know what they are. They're sitting there unpacked right over there. 
So let me go ahead and focus on what story they're actually trying to tell. Mm -hmm. And I do feel invested in seeing the rest of this play out. Um, I do know that there is a meta textual episode in season three that will be like not ever having watched the show. I we've had it at work playing on the TV and I'm like, is this what I think it is? And they're like, yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. I'm looking forward to actually getting to see this episode in context. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's hilarious though. Like even without the context, I'm just like, I get, I get what they were doing and that's really funny. So, <laughs> which is apparently a very good break right until like you get halfway through the third season. It's like, here's this episode. And everyone's like, Oh, this is great. Uh, this is great for a laugh. And then the rest of the season happens. And you're like, Oh, okay. I needed that. <laughs> Cause then it gets heavy. Because clearly the, the latter half of the season, the third season is going to be all about the comet and changing the, you know, Aang having to fulfill his destiny and ending the war with the Fire Nation. So, right. Who knows how that's all going to turn out? No, yeah, I like knowing what we already know about like Dave Filoni's other work and and any other show that like starts off as a little bit of a slog and then you start to pick up all of the nuances and like message messagery that goes into it and like mm -hmm. you we can we can project where this show is going uh as uh, you know conceptually anyway and um yeah we we know it's gonna get hard at some point mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. harder than it has been in its uh more revealing episodes already right yeah, so they, they they do a good job of priming you, like easing you into it. Yep. Here, first not century. Gonna, I'm not gonna like do any more euphemisms here. <laughs> yeah, don't don't no. Um uh, Yeah. So I, I think we've got an extra ten minutes before we wrap up the show. I I wanna revisit a couple things. Um well and talk about things that are upcoming one is uh moon night starts next week no man. so in like two weeks we can talk about that because it's like, very excited it, it oh no wait it, i mean it, sorry i'm wrong no, I thought it, it starts was... tomorrow <laughs> we'll be able to talk about it next week right because yeah. it's the 30th today's the 29th i lost a week i don't know how that happened oh i know Trust well me. okay fair yeah <laughs> i didn't i and i have not read a single issue out of my way to get my hands on some, and uh, well, it might be fun to go in completely dry too. Yeah, I suppose. I, I just like I know from other stuff that we've spent time talking about uh, that I I do tend to get like a deeper understanding and uh, like a and a deeper enjoyment of of these things when I have at least some of the back matter under my belt. Sure. Like I, I, you know, like I, I made it a point to watch those Deep Space Nine episodes before all the, you know, all the relevant stuff started happening on Picard. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah, that's true. And and lately, in the last couple of years, it has become my total jam to read the book before watching the thing. 
<laughs> okay. Totally fair. Shout out to Station Eleven, by the way. <laughs> I have to check that out still. Uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a post apocalyptic no, no post pandemic type <clears throat> story, uh, but it's. Uh, it, it's it's the, the the thing that makes it so good is just that the interconnectedness of of people and their life choices. Right. Okay. Station uh, Eleven. Mm-hmm. It's on HBO. Uh, it's like a ten or twelve episode miniseries, uh, but it's based on a book. Uh, and I, I I know like the like the pedantic like dumb shit thing to say is like oh the book was better. The show is really 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 good. I dare say uh, great. But it pales in comparison to the book in terms of like getting that message and 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 receiving it and you know holding it in your body. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Uh, seconded by Bex, looks like, and Scott. <laughs> I don't know what Brad's is, Brad is laughing at, but but yes, we'll people, 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 other people like it, not just me. Nice. What was the other thing you wanted okay. to say, Cable? Um, I wanted to remind folks that we are also wanting to uh, crowdsource some movies for us to watch. Right. So that we can make commentaries that will mm-hmm. then be played in July. Yeah. While we Just take start. a month off. <laughs> right. So you will get content, but we will take some time off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I think we wanted unlo- like one from each of the major genres, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the goal. Rom-com. Is that one fantasy yeah. or just random pick? Sci-fi, fantasy, horror, rom-com. Okay. Yep. So I'll start putting that on the site too. Every time I upload a new show, remind folks and all that good Super. stuff. Uh, and I think we, I think we wanted to receive these via email so that we can actually like compile. Yes, emails. like don't please don't tweet at us. Don't put them in this chat here. Don't DM us. Yeah. Uh, oh, it looks like. Oh, guys, Geek and City Radio is never going to win local podcasts. It's just not how these things work anymore. I mean, go for it. Try to make us win. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll put a link, but like we're, we're up not- against. We're, we're just not that against, popular, like, guys. And whose fault is we that? We are, but we're like up against Livewire. <laughs> Livewire? Yeah. It's a, they record in Portland and they podcast it. And it's I don't really even big. know what that is, so it can't be it's, that popular. It's on NPR. It's on NPR. <laughs> um, I kind of think it's unfair if your show is on terrestrial radio that you get to count your podcast in these things, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah. I, yeah that's... Eh. That's like people in Wyden and Kennedy entering the 48-hour film festival. Like, come on. Anyway, ah, there we go. Uh, yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole because yeah. it'll it'll become a whole thing. I, I know that people, there's that whole, it's an honor just to be nominated. I don't care. I just want to do the work. I don't, yeah. I don't fucking care. I just want to do the work. Because if you focus too much on the accolades, then you forget the work that you're doing in the first place. And I, I know this is just a personal thing with me. No, but, I'm right there but, with you. I, I, I mean, you guys all know my feelings about like award shows. Putting yeah. It's yeah. Just... just do the work. Yeah. That, that's all. 
That being the, said, when Comic Awards season comes out, you know, it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I'm it not going to be a hypocrite. Be I'm not going to be a hypocrite. But that is, I also feel like Comic Awards are one of the weird things that it actually can help you get other jobs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Winning an, winning an uh, award for this podcast is not going to get us more podcasts, and um, we probably right. don't want that. No. So, let's 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 word it this way: Like, is it nice to get an award for the thing you do and love? Always. Is that why we're doing it? Like never. Nah. If if I cared about the opinion of the Limeet Week, sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Savage. Um, I do still feel like the Eisners are something that. Have there's there's relevance to the Eisners within the community that it serves, yeah. and it's still. Like not everything gets nominated that should, but a lot more of it gets nominated than you'd think. Yes. So yeah. it's not it's not wholly a popularity contest. No, it's not, which is nice. So like I I get that. That that's a versus I don't know, almost any other award almost any other award thing. So meh. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good, good place to wrap up. That's yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, I hope I see folks out in comic book shops tomorrow. I might actually hit a bunch of them and just take myself pictures being like, hey, ha <laughs> like You should. Ignorant. You should totally do a tour. Yeah. Be like, and here we are. You know. Yeah, I might do that. I can't hit all of them. Portland has. I am learning how, just how many shops Portland Metro has. <laughs> Don't wear like, yourself out, though. You're still mid-marathon. I am, and mid other things too. But yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, with all that, thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bianarita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. We'll talk to everybody next week.